Uh, my name is Keith Groves. I'm one of the pastors here, and I have the opportunity to speak with you this morning uh, from God's Word. And I hope that all of you had an enjoyable time celebrating the birth of Jesus. And uh, can you believe this is the last Sunday of the year? This year is almost done. And uh, I know last year at this time, a lot of us were, were probably saying, hey, good news, 2020 is ending. 2021 has got to be a lot better, right? Yeah, we, we were thinking that. And then, uh, of course, now we might be thinking, well, maybe 2022 will be better. And so we're, we're waiting to see uh, what God is going to do. And uh, those, those different faces uh, that we have there, uh, one is John Cena looking forward to this year. And one is realizing that, well, this year was still a challenge, but maybe next year will be better. Uh, God said it this way. Uh, when he was talking to Israel through the prophet Isaiah, he said, I will give them a new heart, one heart, and a new spirit I will put within them. I will remove the heart of stone from their flesh and give them the heart of flesh, that they may walk in my statutes and keep my rules and obey them, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God. But he says, I'll give them a new heart and a new spirit. Uh, you know, a lot of times we see things change on the outside, right? Like, like this house here. Uh, you can see the before and the after. Much better afterwards, wasn't it? It looks a lot different. It looks better. Uh, but uh, then you also have seen people like this, this man. Uh, he was over 600 pounds, and now he's not. And you've seen some outside changes, but I'm sure there are some things that changed internally with him as well. Well, today we're going to be concentrating not on the outside stuff, but on the inside things and on what God wants to do on the inside of us with the inner person. We're going to be looking at three things this morning. We're going to be looking at the old person we were, the new person we are when we become in Christ, and then how to let Jesus live through us. We're going to look at those three things uh, this morning. So if you would, uh, take out your Bibles. We're going to be on page 966 in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 16 through 21. The new series that we're talking about is Made New. So if you would, please stand as we uh, honor God's Word and read this together in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting verse 16. And from now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we, regarding, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. May God's word bless your life as you hear that and then obey it. Please be seated. 
All right, the first thing we're going to look at is this old person, the person that we are before we come to know Christ. And, uh, and notice there, we're going to be in, in verse 17 is our key verse uh, for this morning, and then you'll be looking at the, the later verses as the weeks progress in this series. But in verse 17, it says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, behold, the new has come. So who is this old person that has passed away? The word there for old is the word from which we get the term archaic, archaic, which means outdated and better things are ahead or are available. And let's look at this old person and what the Bible describes this old person like. Well, first of all, the old person is sinful sinful we go against god and against his will paul wrote in romans 5 12 therefore just as sin came into the world through one man what was his name adam and through death uh, and death through sin so the death spread to all men because all sinned see all of us have sinned and we've fallen short of the glory of god so we are all sinful in the old person the old person is also separated from god that means spiritually dead and under satan's control Paul said this, remember when you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of the promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Now this old person that we're portraying, that we're showing the Bible says, it's not a very good person, is it? It's not a place where we want to be and where we want to stay because we're sinful, we're separated from God, and then we're also self-centered, self-centered. If you look at the word sin, the word sin, how is it spelled? It's spelled S, what's that middle letter? I, N, yeah. The, the letter right in the middle of the word is the word I, and that's what sin is. It's when I want what I want. Doesn't matter what God's word says, doesn't matter what God wants, it's what I want. And when I want, I sin, when I put myself above God and his word. So we're sinful, we're separated from God, we're self-centered, but we're also, we also see people based upon the way they present themselves. We see people the way they look mostly from the outside because we don't really want to take time sometimes to get to know the person on the inside. So we see people as they look from the exterior. And, and that's who the old person is. Now here's a question for us to answer this morning. How do I go from being this old person to being the new person. How do I do that? How do I go from the old to the new? How do I get to be in Christ? In Christ. It's interesting. In verse 18 in our main text, it says, right after he says, the old has passed away, the new has come, he says, all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. This is all from God. It's God saying, I know you're, you're stuck at being this old person, but I want you to be a new creation. I want you to be this new person. And so God draws us to himself. He draws us, and, and he does that by helping us to be reconciled. That word there that's used for reconciled has to do with exchanging money. Exchanging money. Uh, any of you ever been to a foreign country where you have to use a different currency? Yeah, I remember in the 90s, I went to Mexico, and it was great because at that time, the dollar was really strong, and as I gave them a dollar in American money, I got several thousand pesos, so I felt like I was very wealthy. <laughs> you know, here I am carrying this big wad of money, and it's like $10, 
but, but I felt like I had a lot. You see, that term for reconciling has to do with exchanging something. And we have the great exchange here where God takes our sin, puts it on Christ, and then gives us the, the, the righteousness of Christ, and that's called the great exchange. You'll learn about that in another couple weeks here in more detail. But it's all about God making us so that we can be reconciled to him. It's God creating a friendship with us to break down that barrier of sin and selfishness and all that that old person was. It's God making us into a new creation. And God can do that. He reconciles us. He brings us back to himself. That's why the writer uh, Paul said to the Colossians, and you who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, you are, he has now reconciled in his body by the flesh of his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. So before we had this moral and spiritual condition that was just totally bankrupt, just awful. And God changes that. And Paul, once again, there in Colossians says, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins. He buys us back and gives us the opportunity to have those sins forgiven and washed away. The last verse in our main text says, for our sake, he made him to be sin, that's Jesus, who knew no sin, because Jesus never sinned, so that in Jesus we might become the righteousness of God. We might become the righteousness of God. He did all that for us. So through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, oh, God put our sin on Jesus. His righteousness is given to us by God's grace through faith, and we're declared innocent because Jesus paid the penalty for us. He died the death that we should have died, and he lived the life that we should have lived. He takes us from being spiritually dead to being born again from above, so that we are spiritually alive in Christ. And then, of course, that also gives us the hope of heaven someday. The hope of heaven. We have that promise from Jesus that if we yield ourselves to him and trust in him, he will give us the opportunity to be with him forever in heaven. And that's interesting because the kingdom of God starts now when we become a new creation. But it's not yet because we don't fully realize it until we're actually standing in heaven in, in face to face with Jesus once Jesus comes back and takes us to be with him. Here's a question for all of us to answer. What specific changes took place in your life when you came to Christ? What changes took place in your life and my life when we finally yielded ourselves to Jesus Christ? And there really should have been some changes. Otherwise, we may really wonder, did I, did I really come to know Jesus? Did that old person fade away so that I became that new creation? In our main text, I love it, he says, the oldest passed away, and then he says, behold. And that word's like, okay, you got to pay attention now. There's an important announcement coming up. And what is that announcement that he says? He says, behold, the new has come. So this new man has come, this new person. And that word for new is interesting because it d doesn't really necessarily have to do with a closer frame of time or in something being newer, but it has to do with quality. The quality, that something that is new, is a much better in quality. And that's what he's talking about. A new person who is in Christ now is a much better quality of person 
not just because they've changed on the outside, but more importantly, because they've changed on the inside. They're a better quality because they now have Jesus Christ. They have the Holy Spirit living in them. You see this, this before and after picture here that we have of this camper. It looks a little different, doesn't it? <laughs> That's like we are before Christ. We're just a mess. It's bad. It's not, not pleasant. But then afterwards, God creates us and makes us new and fixes all the things in us that are wrong. We're going to talk about that more here in a minute. Uh, Paul wrote these words, if you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. You see, there's a change in our whole perspective, in the way we live, in the way we think, in the way we behave, in the words that we use. Everything changes because we want to participate in life because we are now united with Christ. We are, our life is hidden with Christ in God. Paul said it this way because he's, he's talking there about this is God's part. God's part is to make us new by cleansing us of our sin and giving us the righteousness of Christ. Our part, Paul says in Ephesians 4, is to put off the old self which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. To be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Now, what is righteousness? It's having that right relationship with God, doing things that are right. And holiness is that idea that we are set apart for God's specific purposes. That's what holiness is. You see, we're cleansed, we're renewed, we're transformed by God. It's where we go from being just a creation of God to being a child of God. You know, the average person walking on the street, all of us who are human beings are created by God, right? We are all created by God, but not all of us, all of us are children of God. We don't become a child of God until we become new in Christ. Then we go from just being a creation of God to being adopted into his family and being a child of God. John said it this way, see what kind of love the Father has given us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason the world does not know us is it did not know him. Did not know him. So we're not just reformed. We're not just rehabbed. We're not just reeducated. We're not just altered in some superficial way. I am a new creation from the inside out when I come to know Christ. That's who we really are. We have a fresh start. My standing with God is changed so that I'm now not an enemy of God. I'm at peace with him. And Jesus calls me his friend. Calls me his friend. I have a new identity through Christ. Have you ever known somebody who came to know Christ and they radically changed? I mean, they were just totally different. One of the most radical uh, illustrations I can remember is Larry. Now, Larry was somebody, uh, when I was ministering in Ohio, um, he, he started coming to church. His wife and daughter came first for a while. And then I, I met Larry outside. First time I saw him, he pulled up to say hi to his wife and daughter on his motorcycle. And uh, Larry would just remind you of somebody who could be very much, very easily a member of Hell's Angels. That's the kind of guy he was. 
But he was open to, you know, his wife came, his daughter came to church. He was open to coming to church. So he started coming. He started learning. He started growing. And I'll never forget, one day, Larry just broke down and said, you know what? I need Jesus in my life. I want Jesus in my life. And he yielded himself to Christ. The change was amazing. Less than a year later, I could look at him and I said, wow, this is not the same old Larry that we knew back before he knew Christ. Because he was so much better of a husband, of a dad, and just a, a human being. He was volunteering in church. He was doing so many great things for God because that old person was gone. And the new person in Christ was living through Larry's life. Well, here's another question for us to look at. Why do I sometimes struggle to live as a new creation? You know, may, maybe none of, that, of what I've said so far is anything new to you. Maybe those of you who are new in Christ already, you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You say, well, yeah, I, I know that. I recognize that. But why is it sometimes I still don't feel like a new creation? Well, there are several reasons. Uh, a few of them are, are these. Uh, our old ways are enticing. And they have a strong pull on us, don't they? Well, let's be honest. If sin wasn't something we liked, we probably wouldn't do it that much, would we? We still battle the sinful nature within us. There's that constant battle, even once we become a new creation, between our sinful nature that's still with us and the Spirit of God who now lives within us. There's that constant battle that goes on. I, I, I wish God would have said, okay, you're a new creation. You're not going to struggle with that old stuff anymore. But that's not the way it is. He wants to find out who do we really love, the old self or Jesus Christ. And so he allows us to, to continue in that battle. And let's be honest, some of us just don't realize all the resources that God provides for us as a new creation in Christ. We don't realize what he provides and, and what he makes available to us because we're relying so much on our own ability and on our own powers and on our own strength. And that will never, ever work. We will always fail. So we've looked at the old person, what the old person is like. We've looked at what's this new person in like, in, like in Christ. But let's also look at uh, the third point here this morning is letting Jesus live through us. What's it like to live as that new creation? What's it really like? Well, if you look at our main text, uh, verse 16 says, from now on, therefore, you see there's a therefore. Whenever there's a therefore, it's there for a specific purpose. And we need to find out what it's there for. Well, what it really means is we have to go back a few verses and check it out. So let's go back to verse 14. For the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, that's Jesus, therefore all have died, and he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. And then he says, from now on, we regard no one according to flesh, even though for a while we regarded Christ that way. We regard nobody according to the flesh anymore. You see, our goal and our purpose is now different if we're a new creation in Christ. In 2 Corinthians uh, 5, 9, he says, uh, so whether we're at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. We make it our aim to please him. Is my aim in life, really, to please God? What is my purpose in life? Is it just whatever I want to do? Or, or these lofty goals that I may have? 
or is it to actually please God and bring Him honor and glory? Let's look at this a little bit uh, more deeply here. But far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which, he says, the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. The world has been crucified to me and I to the world. And then Galatians 2.20, I think, says it most succinctly. Uh, Paul says this, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Paul says we are not our own, we are bought with a price. That's why we need to glorify God with our bodies. I have been crucified with Christ, it is no longer I who live. So if you're a Christian, I'd like for you to just turn to somebody and just repeat these words, I am dead. I am dead, okay? And then say these words, Christ lives in me. All right, I am dead, Christ lives in me. Let's say that together. I am dead, Christ lives in me. That's right, yeah. And so as we think about that and all that God has done and all that he provides through Jesus, let's look at there are four very important things uh, that God provides, these resources that God provides to us as we close out. Let's look at those four. First of all, I am free from the control of sin. As a new creation, as that new creature, I am free, I am free from the control of sin. Romans chapter 6 says, we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Okay, people who are dead do not sin. That's what he's saying very plainly. For those who have died have been set free from sin, for sin will not have dominion over you since you are not under the law, but under grace. You're under grace. You see, Christ's death, burial, and resurrection accomplishes all this. That's why we have a baptistry over here. When people are baptized, Romans 6 also talks about baptism is the picture of us being united with Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection. So that when we're buried under that water, we die to ourselves, and Paul says we rise up to walk in newness of life. We rise up to walk in our union with Christ. So I am free from the control of sin. No sin has to have control over me or can have control over me as a Christian except what sin I permit and I want to be in control of me. I have been set free from every sin and the temptation that leads to sin, but I need to live in that victory through Christ. I need to realize one of my resources is that I am no longer under the control of sin. I'm set free from it. The second resource we have is I have a new heart and a new mind. Just like God promised to Israel, excuse me, he does that for us. Who has understood the mind of the Lord so that they can instruct him, Paul wrote, but we have the mind of Christ. We think differently. That's why Paul said to the Roman Christians, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Change the way we think. We need to think biblically based on the truth of God's word, not on the way I feel and what the world tells me to think. Now, many of you may have seen this guy over the past couple weeks on TV. Have you ever, you ever seen him before? Yeah, the Grinch. We've seen him. And the interesting thing is the Grinch was a really bad character, wasn't he? 
but he changed. What happened? Remember, his heart grew three sizes in one day. Now, of course, that's an imaginary story. But the point is, through Christ, we have a new heart and a new mind. So our heart can grow and we can love people as God wants us to love. And we can be the people God wants. Uh, it's interesting, just a couple weeks ago, I was talking to a fellow who said, uh, listen, you know, when I came to Christ, the interesting thing, he had been struggling with alcohol, re really having a terrible struggle. And he said, when I finally yielded my life to Christ, my desire for alcohol was gone. He said, the only way to explain it is that God, it's a God thing. God did that for me, he said. So I am free. I am free from the control of sin. And then I am also, I have a new heart and a new mind, but I am also free to love others like Christ does. Love others like Christ does. Uh, Jesus said these words right after he talk, talked about the joy, his joy could be in us and we could have that joy to the full. He says, this is my commandment that you love one another, how? As I have loved you. So we can love him. Remember we read in that text in, in verse 14, in there, the love of Christ controls us. It compels us. It moves us so that we can love others. We can love others. And we don't see Christ or other people just from a purely human perspective. Because his love compels us to look beyond skin color. We look beyond economic status. We look beyond their cultural upbringing. We don't see those things. Those things don't really matter. What really matters is we are new in Christ, through Christ. Uh, a few weeks ago, four of us went into a Japanese steakhouse. And we sat down across from four other people. And... Uh, now, I, I know God knows the heart. I didn't know the heart, but just from the outside, it, it sure appeared that uh, at least a few of these folks needed Jesus. They were interesting people. And uh, it, it was interesting because as I was preparing for this message, I thought, okay, how does, when, when I see them and I observe them, I don't just look at them and say, okay, yeah, don't, don't waste your time on them. I look at them and I thought, you know, they probably need Jesus. They don't have Jesus. In their life just from the outside observations that I'm making. Now only God knows their heart, I don't, but from the outside it looked that way. And one of the things that I remembered was, I heard a speaker several years ago say, you know what, if we really want to learn to love people, we need to learn to see a cross right above their head. See that cross right above their head. And so I, I, I did that, especially the one individual I, I looked at and I said, now that person needs Jesus. And I, and I also prayed for that person. And I said, you know what? That person's a sinner. I'm also a sinner. Just like I need God's grace, that person needs God's grace too. And it gave me a different perspective of seeing them and, and, and just praying for them that God would somehow draw them to himself. Unfortunately, I didn't have an opportunity to actually talk with them during lunch because they were on the far end of the table. But that's what God's love does for us. It, we are free to love others as Christ loves us. And then the fourth resource that, that he provides for us is we have a new power source. We have a new power source. You know, I, I wasn't thinking that way in that restaurant because Keith is such a good guy. Because I'm not. But because the Holy Spirit lives in me. He has helped me to change some of the thinking, the old stuff that I used to think, and, and the ways that I speak, 
or spoke and the things that I do and the way that I live so that I, hopefully I'm striving uh, to let Jesus make me more like him through the power and strength of the Holy Spirit. Paul wrote these words, in him also you, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and you believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is a guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire the possession of it to the praise of his glory. To the praise of his glory. You see, I'm made alive for the glory of God, not for my own glory, so I can seek my own glory and fame and prestige it's all about his glory paul said god did not give us a spirit of fear but of power and love and self-control that's who the holy spirit is it's god living in us the power source we need to say no to sin to to know to those old ways that we used to live in the old ways that we used to think so i am free from the control of sin I have a new heart and a mind. I am free to love others like Christ does. And I have a new power source that is the Holy Spirit living in me. In the book of Revelation, when the new heavens and the new earth come, God says this, I am making all things new. All things new. Here's a question. Have you been made new in Christ yet? Or are you still the old person? Have you been made new in Christ? Are you a new creation? Well, you can leave here today being a new creation. Letting God set that re reset that button, that start over, that do over, that new creation button in your life. God will do that. He can do that. I want to encourage you, open your heart and your mind to Jesus. Open your heart and mind. Admit your sin Realize you don't deserve salvation. None of us do. None of us can earn it. We can't do anything good enough to actually make it into heaven because the requirement is that we need to be perfect. Only Jesus was perfect. That's why we need to rely on him and his sacrifice to take our place. So we admit our sin and we ask God to forgive that sin. We believe in Jesus. We put our faith in, yes, the baby that we celebrated uh, just yesterday, his birth. He became a man. He revealed God to us. He was perfect and sinless. He was crucified for you and for me. He was buried in a tomb. He rose from the dead. He ascended back to heaven to be with God. And one day he is coming back again to take us to be with him. Let your faith rest in Jesus Trust in him. Commit your life to him and fully trust that his grace alone will save you, will put away that old person and give you the opportunity to be that new creation and give you the right relationship with Jesus Christ. Surrender your heart and your mind to Jesus. That's what's called letting him be the Lord of your life or the leader of your life. So if you haven't done that this morning, I encourage you to do that. Let's be honest, there are many of us here who already have become new creations in Jesus, right? So here's a question for those of us who are already new creations. What part of our old life are we still clinging to? What part of our old, that old person are we still holding on to? Is Jesus really living life, my, through my life every day and in every place? Or just at certain times and in certain places? 
We need to relinquish any of that old life that we're still trying to cling on to and hold on to. Let it go. Let go of that old. We need to cling to the new by consciously and intentionally allowing the Holy Spirit, <coughs> excuse me, to guide Jesus to live through us. How does Jesus want to live through me today? How does he want to do that? And what am I going to do to allow him to live through me? His divine power, excuse me, has granted all things to pertain that pertain to life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. In Christ, we have hope and a future to live as a new creation in Christ. Let God do it in you and through you today. Let's pray. Father God, <clears throat> we come to you today. We recognize that uh, the old person was not pleasing to you. The old person in us, Lord, uh, was just uh, sinful and selfish. We are so sorry that we're like that, but we are. Thank you, though, Lord, that you don't just leave us there, that you want us to know you, to personally have a relationship with you, to trust in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus so that we can be a new creation through Christ. Thank you for the resources that you provide for us, that you give to us victory over sin and the power and strength we need through the Holy Spirit to be victorious. Lord God, we come to you, we thank you, we praise you this morning. May you help us to let you live through us so that we can honor you and bring you praise and glory and majesty every day and in every way. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.